With these four areas, I really wanted to help, you know, business professionals that, you know, use a lot of the same principles of dedication and things like athletes, and they can take stock of where their energy level is at any one time. You know, you go through, you say how, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, okay, where am I? And then what are the sort of routines I can do right in that moment that can ignite that energy? I can just have energy on demand. So again, your off-field performance is not depleting. You don't get off work and you're just drained and you can barely get out of bed the next morning to it. You go right into these, what we call routines of oscillation, these routines that allow you to stress and recover without burnout. And so as we kind of talk through some of these, I'll share with you a little bit about, you know, those sorts of routines that, that anybody can put into practice. You know, it's just, you know, your willingness to do that. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to the CM Mentors Podcast. We're trying to be a resource for the next generation of construction professionals. My co-host every week is Kyle Grandel, and this week's guest is Alex Fischera. What's up, Alex? What's going on, guys? Alex is the owner of Intuito, Intuito Group. I messed that up. You told me before I already messed no, that up. No, you got it good. You got it. So, hey, Alex, for the people who don't know who you are, you want to give us a little bit of a background of yourself? Yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, as quick as one as I can, um, but it's... Uh, my background, man, there are so many different tentacles of where it goes, much like other people's. <laughs> they ask you nowadays, like, tell me a little bit. It's like, where do I start? But um, that's what I tried to give an introduction to Kyle, and I was like, Alex, you just got to tell Kyle yourself because I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, I'll, well I'll, I'll give a couple of, uh, you know, I kind of pick out three highlighting things that I think will, will you know, be the basis for much uh, of further conversation. Um, the first being that my, my first career was as a professional athlete. Um, and if there's anybody listening that has kind of gone through that in their youth or up through uh, their adulthood, um, you know, training and becoming a professional athlete starts very, very, very young. It's sort of, so it's sort of like, you know, you don't want to get into the whole, like, how old are you when you were working? But I mean, ever since, you know, age eight and up. You know, you're put into different systems, academies, schools, things like that. And so you're, you're, you, you quickly get the sense that it's more of a profession or career at a very young age. And it, it grows you up rather quickly. So um, so going through that and getting great opportunities to play around the world, England, Iceland, uh, play here at home, uh, up here in uh, uh, Dallas, Texas. And um Transitioned out of that became, you know, naturally uh, a, a coach. You know, a lot of the times when you're a professional athlete, there are sort of, you know, as you're training and trying to make it, trying to, uh, you know, scratch together some money so you can get the right nutrition or go buy your coaches or get the training or the facilities you need. Uh, so you got to work some different jobs. And, and it's sort of like you have two avenues. One is uh, you go and train and coach maybe younger kids or you get in with, uh, you know, uh, some camps and, and, and you work those sort of uh, channels or you you go into construction. You do things uh, uh, in different venues, whether it's, you know, building commercial, residential, even landscaping, things like that. Um, so I think that's why we have a lot to talk about. So. You know, as you're doing all those jobs and transitioning out of it, uh, coaching was a natural fit. Um, but I had a degree in anthropology, specializing in business anthropology, which uh, is usually a, something nobody has ever met an anthropologist. So it's usually a cool conversation from there. But uh, my sort of passion and love for business has always been there. And so for the last 15, 20 years, I've been 
kind of combining all those things to bring together uh, Intuito Group, which is where we, uh, well, we're, we're a general contractor for HR projects. So, you know, you get good subs, talented, qualified people. Companies are looking for things and strategy or how to improve people or, you know, their processes and stuff. And so I just, I like combining the things I'm good at and that's where it landed. Hey, Alex. So I, that all makes a lot of sense. What made you want to start a business doing it? If you don't mind me jumping in here. Yeah, that's pretty daunting. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the business side of it, I did have a very good environment growing up. So my father was a uh, venture capitalist, serial entrepreneur. And so like as kids, and, and, and that environment was how we were able to do all those sort of sporting activities and stuff. So and the two channels of businesses he did a lot of creating were either training academies. We created, you know, actual um, uh, soccer players academy, which was a training facility and bringing in teams and things like that. And then he also built large developments. And so you got the building construction side. So, um, you know, it, business was always there uh, and I don't know. I just began to see kind of the same similarities that I would see on a sporting field and the business side of it. And it was hard to just, I couldn't separate the two. So might as well do both of them. So very interesting. Cool. So I don't want to dive in. I think our main topics, uh, personal energy management, but before we get into that, I want to talk about the business athlete. That's kind of a, I think, is that a term you created? Well, it's, I, I would never take credit, you know, not, definitely not an original idea, right? So I want to start off by saying that. But um, you, leveraging business athlete, uh, there's been some other ones out there. You hear corporate athlete, um, mm-hmm. some, some ideas like that. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of the work in the business athlete is rooted in, in decades of, of great mentors and studies and research within the sports psychologist realm and, you know, neuroscience and, and, and a lot of other physical things, Dr. Jim Lur, um, several others. So it's really just a kind of a continuation of the great work that they've done, but brings, uh, you know, a lot of it is the sort of uniqueness of some of my own personal experiences, specifically within the construction industry that allows me to kind of to use it and aim it in a different direction as well. And, and I do a good job kind of communicating. It. So I think you get a different translation, you know, no matter who you go to with it. That was kind of the introduction Alex and Myler made when we first started talking was, you know, just having a sports connection and sports analogies. Um, I, I kind of like to talk in those two. And I think she saw the connection there. And so um, it's easy. I think we talked about this the first time we chatted. It was like the construction industry is sort of blue collar at heart. And so mm-hmm. when you can, make a sports analogy about it pretty much everybody gets it instantly they can see a, a complex uh complex topic seem fairly simple when you can compare it to something like that yeah i mean you see all the sort of touch points and similarities whether it's having to perform under pressure long hours physical demands i mean there are so many different ties where just sports in general and in, in, in the construction just have a lot of similarity so I mean, that's, I, I happen to think to keep it natural as you can. I mean, if something is that much of a connection point for so right. many people within the organization, you know, we oftentimes, you know, don't even leverage the fullest, some of these things that are right there. So why not just dial it up a little bit, especially during times like this, you know, where mm-hmm. things are just uncertain in a lot of different directions. You know, you want to go with something that's natural and connects to a lot of people. Let's just jump right in. So the uh, 
kind of topic I was really wanting to talk to you about for this is, you know, burnout and personal energy management. Um, you know, a lot of the really all construction professionals burn out something everyone deals with all the time, and especially kind of a kind of say an entry level person, they're coming in and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Those guys <laughs> get the, don't get the best shifts. They get the, you know, they get the bad side of stuff. So, um, kind of you mentioned four, I think you said four kind of aspects of energy management. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you kind of explain those? Yeah. If I could step back for a second, just kind of yeah. share a little bit about, you know, coming to the realization that this is a very important topic for the construction mm-hmm. industry, especially young young individuals coming in, um, because that's what the data says. And, you know, for the longest time, um, and I've worked with some of the, you know, the, the big companies, even small to medium size construction, manufacturing, electrical engineering, you know, and you get to work with some of the some of the great young minds coming out. But as you said, Things are happening really fast. The demands on them to do more with less resources. Um, and the construction industry as a whole, I think you guys would agree with me that the needle hasn't really shifted on some of the health and wellness and so in the sort of mental health and some of those areas within the construction industry. It, it really um, has been kind of negated for a little while. Um, whether that's right or wrong, it's just the way it is. Um, you know, technology was really pushing the industry along very fast and Gosh, in the last 10 years, everybody I talked to just says, you know, the, the sort of backlog just keeps coming. You know? So mm-hmm. you, there's not really a, a chance to stop and breathe for a second. But this is what happens. You, When you stretch something or move something past its exhaustion point, you get in the burnout. And so, you know, it was it was very concerning to me looking at a lot of the numbers and still seeing that today are just not improving when it comes to mental health and the wellness of those in the industry. Um, why this isn't a, a bigger safety sort of issue um, in, in, in the industry. I know, uh, you know, I was just certified. This is how crazy, <laughs> this is how crazy I get with my my anthropology side. So, you know, we really embed ourselves into cultures to understand them and get to know them at a deep level. And language is such a huge thing. And so, um, not that it was required at me at any level to go get OSHA certified, but I went and did it just because I want to know, you know what's the industry what's the culture around this what's the talk and all that sort of stuff so yeah 30 hours man i was i was in there i was loving it uh did you think it was you think it was a good training the 30 hour uh, course well it's um yes (laughs) (laughs) i had the same thought (laughs) at the same time i'm just a high performance dude so like uh i'm always going to say yes up to a certain point we can always make something little bit better um but like it was miles ahead of other courses i've done so it it was it was really good i think it's difficult um, sometimes to do those things whether it's virtually or not and get the real hands-on we'll talk about some of that in those energy components like how you set up training to be really successful and very sport-like and using a lot of those tactics um but, but it's a huge safety, um, you know, when you look at when accidents occur, you know, the age range is like that. I mean, you're talking 24 to 35 is your biggest group of uh, injuries that happen on a site. 60% of them happen within the first year that they're on site. Um, and these aren't always serious injuries. I mean, these are, we're talking, you know, whether it's, you know, having to go off site for, for, for some sort of medical reason, absenteeism, illness, these sorts of things. And like 
it's really in the economic interest of a company to to start looking at uh, their 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 employees in a in a very holistic sort of way. And so, one of the things I like to tell people that's been tried and true as long as I've been coaching and training um, individuals is that when people feel their best, they produce their best work, and that's never failed. So how do we get people to feel their best? Well, let's step back and understand the human being itself, use the technology, the things that we now have that we didn't have 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. You know, these we can kind of re-examine and look at our employees from a different light, add in some of the, the, the sort of environmental and cultural factors existing today, social factors, um, economic factors. And uh, we come out with a, a little bit different approach to to optimizing our businesses optimizing our workforce and and you know that's that's what got me all excited about it was just really the i i guess it's the opportunity for growth was what was you know my my sort of indicator was like okay there's a real need here Uh, you know i connect with a lot of a lot of individuals a lot of craftspeople in the workspace so let's see if we can't move the needle on this so the business athlete that's kind of a long-winded kind of lead up to it, right? Um, the business athlete is just sort of taking 15 plus years of, of diving into, you know, training, uh, understanding, using sports as the sort of baseline, the principles, tactics, and, and looking at how we can kind of extract that and apply it towards professional development. And um, energy management uh, seems to be uh, – you hear a lot about energy now. There's just, I don't know, you know, it's out there in lexicon. It's out there. Um, you know, people, you know, if I were bringing this up 10, 15 years ago in, in the construction landscape, I probably would be laughed out of a lot of rooms. I actually was laughed out of a lot of rooms with suggesting some of the things that I would suggest today. But that's okay. I mean, I I know it, you know, to work, and it's not everybody's sort of cup of tea. So you got to kind of wait for them to come back around and, and recognize some of these stuffs. But, um, yeah, we look at four different dimensions of energy, physical, emotional, mental, and sort of spiritual. And uh, we, we look at these as being, um, from a athletic standpoint, on-field, off-field performance. Um, so what you do during your work, work day, let's consider a, a young guy coming on to site. You know, it clocks in. That's the performance right there, right? He's going to show up from the start to the finish. That's a performance. Um, so just like me, game time, whistle blows, end of the whistle, good, you're done. Well, then that's when the off-field performance kicks in. And and what we what we see from studies and research and looking at just general energy sort of uh, output, flow, expenditure, and, and gaining is that um, – you know, that the, the, there are certain routines uh, that allow you to optimize your off-field performance, which sh- strengthen and actually produce your on-field performance. So uh, maybe I'll pause there and just, I don't know, hear from you guys what you think there. Maybe something stood out. I don't know. I don't like to ramble on too much. I can. <laughs> no, I think it's, I mean, you've got the, it's just like any sports. And when we were talking about this the other day, it really sunk in with me. And I've seen, you know, as we're kind of connected, I've seen you make a couple, you know, social media posts and stuff like that. But, like, man, like, we don't take enough care of ourselves off the field, right? 
at least especially like I remember being younger and like, you know, I'd go out and drink all night, party with my buddies and then be back at work the next day. And, you know, and it's like, you can't be at your best when you're doing that. It's like, you can't do, you can't, if you're a pro athlete, you can't do that and show up on a, on the weekend and play at your best if you're treating yourself like that. And so I think as I, as you get older, you kind of mature and you kind of grow out of that. But I think it takes, <laughs> it takes, it takes some maturing to get there. Well, that was the sports thing. I mean, it was, you know, you hear this a lot. I mean, talent will only get you so far. But, I mean, you know, when we're when we're training and young and we're in our early teens, you know, you're looked at as an investment. You know, that's what that's what these clubs, that's what these organizations are doing is that, and that's why I was saying you, you quickly come to understand the business side of things very quickly because it's not all about, you know, orange slices at halftime type stuff. I mean, this is a business and people are looking to, to operate it like such. And, um, you know, that's what I, I, I'd, I'd like to share with the younger ones coming through the, 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 the industry is that, you know, how do you put yourself in the best position? How do you put yourself in the yeah. best position to be looked at as that investment, as that sound, not as risky type of investment? Because that's that's the look I, I, I've met and coached and worked with all these business executives. This is what they're looking at. They're looking for a level of maturity, and they really are looking for some of the intangible qualities uh, that come with it. And so um, that's kind of a funny thing, which makes it it's probably easy and hard at the same time, kind of for the same reason. But, like, you know, you look at, like you said, there's business and sport, right? And you're recruited from the time you're 12 years old to go to college, right? And especially the top ones. And they know who the blue chip athletes are and, you know, all the sports and, you know, whether you're going to go pro in some sports or, you know, go to college in other sports, and they're scouts, and they're looking at this. But there's nothing like that in our industry, which is a positive because you can make it yourself, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. can, if you really put in the effort, you can stand out ahead of the crowd. But at the same time, there's no one going to come find you, right? There's no scouts coming, <laughs> yeah. you know. They're not coming to your college class and looking at your exam grades and saying, hey, this guy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That resonates with me because I, I didn't, I didn't have, you know, is a lot of the things I did have access to, I had to go and fight for my own way. And we, you know, um, you know, one of the energy zones we talk about the spiritual energy is where you really end up finding your hunger. And I think that's a real, I think that's a, I don't know if it falls into the vulnerability category of where people are, but we, we really have to ask ourselves, where am I, where am I driving my hunger from? And, and as you look out there, and there's a lot of talented people, and I'd go into these locker rooms, and sometimes I was just a kid, and there were grown men in there, mm-hmm. grown men with families and kids of their own, and they're, you know these guys have lives and everything. Um, and you look across there, and you kind of question, is, do I have enough hunger? Is that, you know, when the going gets tough, and I'm going to have to go up against some pretty tough challenges, and that's, you know, what's going to come here for most people. You know, where am I going to get that energy from? Where am I going to get that hunger from, that drive, that determination, that resiliency? And so I, I think not only individuals, but organizations need to think about that and that sort of spiritual energy component is what are your values? What are your sort of your purpose and really dig in on that? Um, but that, that's a tough area to go into. That's why most well, people don't do it. You know, well, that's what I tell how. people. If you feel uncomfortable, that's probably an indicator you're headed in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a lesson I've learned, especially going through all this podcast and newsletter and all that sort of stuff. It's like super uncomfortable putting yourself out there and kind of showing that. But it's, but I feel yeah. like I'm going the right direction because it is uncomfortable. 
I'm gonna flip this on Kyle. So Kyle, like, I mean, obviously you own a business, you hire people, right? How do you, how do you find somebody that's hungry? Hungry. That's tough. Um, that's tough, especially if it's somebody that, that you don't really know. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to understand somebody that who that's a like a referral, someone who comes from a trusted source. I mean, kind of with that off the bat, they're already starting out at a, at a at a higher spot on your own trust meter. So it's a little easier to find that sometimes. I think, um, like I said, with somebody that that is a you know a trusted or you know, secondary resource mm-hmm. of yours, but. Um, off the streets, just getting a resume on LinkedIn, um, that's tough. And the tough part about that is at the end of the day, and I, and, and I know this from my own experiences already, at the end of the day, you don't know if somebody's going to work out until you really hire them because there are so plenty, there's plenty of people that can BS their way through the interview. They can put together a great resume. Mm-hmm. They may even have the resources and the references to back it up. Um, but I think it's that getting them on board, getting them comfortable with you, having really good discussions about what drives them, what makes them feel successful, what makes them want to come to work every day. To me, that's that's a really key part. It's, it's, and it's, it's like what Alex is talking about is, you know, what 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 what, what motivates somebody? And, I mean, there's all those different parts to it that he's talking about, the physical, emotional, mental, uh, spiritual. And as leaders, we can only appeal to so much of that. But I think figuring out how we can align our culture to actually appeal to that is, is kind of the key parts there. That's your question. How long do you think it takes you? I mean, obviously, it, it depends on how much time you spend one-on-one with them, I'm sure. But how long do you think after you hire them on it takes to, to understand who they are? If you're asking me, I, I mean, weeks. <laughs> weeks at least. I mean, um, at least it's an ongoing process. And the problem is, that, I mean, everybody changes and grows too, which is usually hopefully for the better. Um, but my company, we started using some some assessment tools just to just to get the, think that the ball started a little easier. It's not necessarily something that you know we're going to base performance reviews off of, and then it's going to be the driver to, if the person gets put on the next project. But it's at least a starting point of understanding person's characteristics and personalities their do's their don'ts mm-hmm. you know which, which things set them off we all do it in my company to, to help out with that so that's pretty cool finally because i think you're being really nice to some of these younger guys they're giving them more weeks than they actually have like uh <laughs> <laughs> you know they uh no that is I, I, to, to to the point of them i'm thinking that, that would be you know people will give you a long chance but they're gonna make you know human nature they're gonna make up some some perceptions of you pretty quickly. So, you know, on their side of it, you don't want to be caught off guard and, and doing it. And they'll give you some leeway and say, well, we'll see where this goes. But, you know, uh, you know, not to come in there and think, ah, I'll coast through the first two weeks and then, and then they'll start to show them. Show no, them those, are, those are great points, Alex. And especially because <laughs> if somebody comes on board and if they're dogging it right away, it's, it's you can usually tell, especially when you, when you give them some onboarding and they're, having issues with it and they're not coming to you with questions or um, it's taking longer than it should, you know, and, and sometimes there's, there's some, you know, organizational process problems with that, but. I had a little more leeway though in, in, in kind of the last year or so, because that dilemma is really tough for an organization to really, uh, you know, when the manpower is low and to really, um, you know, where they say, you know, uh, Hire slow, fire fast. You know, is it you know, fire quick, hire slow. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you, you see a little more leeway, though, these days, um, just because, you know, and I think that's good that companies are willing to give people the benefit of the doubt and stay with them and support them there a little bit longer. It kind of ties into what we're talking about is just understanding that people come to the job site with a whole bunch of stuff going on. And um, and, and to, to circle back, you know, we don't know when they clock out and where they go and what routines they do and, and their energy where, you know, how quickly they can recover from night to night. You know, we just don't know where that's at. And so sometimes we've got to be a little understanding <laughs> and give them some of the, some of that time. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, I mean, you don't know where they're going, but you also don't know what's going on in their personal life too. Right. If they have like maybe a, a parent that's in the hospital struggling, you know, they may be leaving straight from work, going straight to the hospital. And of course they're not going to be there whenever they get back to work. They're not mentally going to be there. I guess what I'm trying to say, um, you know, they could have, they have marriage shifted, problems yeah. or, it's just stuff uh, during the pandemic, you know, when people, you know, had to take in other parents, had to take in kids, had to readjust their lives, work from home, kids not in school, you know, all those things take a toll, um, you know, in the kind of the, the traditional model of saying, well, you know, I can only worry about what they do here on site. It's like we can do better than that. And we should do better than that as leaders and as organizations, um, you know, because that's what they're going to be asking for. You know, it really shook things up, uh, the way companies are now looked at, what they're being asked for. It's a, you can see it's sort of like a jockeying for position right now between companies and, and, and new hires and the whole labor market. It's, a, it's an interesting tango, to say the least. Well, and Alex, the part that you talked about earlier that really stuck with me was, um, you know, how there's a lot of this attention around people at the executive level. And that's certainly true. I mean, I, I read a lot of books about business development and, and about, you know, being in a professional industry and developing as leaders, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of it's focused around the executives, it feels like. And that's why it's so exciting to have you on here because, I mean, this whole podcast is about getting out of that. I mean, it, it, it's about getting those messages down you know, <laughs> to, to, to all the folks, to, to all, oh, the younger generations, the next right. people. And so that's why that, you know, that part really stuck with me about, um, you know, let's, let's put the focus where it needs to be. Man, you are, you are hitting some serious buttons with me there because that was one of my biggest passions. Now, I work with a lot of business owners and executives, and I am one. Uh, but any business owner will tell you we're not the easiest people to work with, right? You know, we, we have a way we <laughs> want to do things, and, you know, it's, uh, that's why we're, we're, we're in the role that we're in and doing things. Uh, but I, I, I have such a passion for that sort of middle management area. And when I first kind of transitioned over, I mean, that, that group had been neglected. Again, right, wrong, and different. I'm not here to make a judgment one way or other. I'm just stating what it is. And what it is is that that large group, the largest number of your employees are in that sort of group of middle managers. We're just not getting the same TLC that the executive level. And for reasons, budgeting, right, availability, hours, you know, resources. But we have all that now, and we have ways of doing it. So that's what I, you know, kind of came in to do. So like, okay, we're going to drive this down through here, um, and take care of take care of that group of folk. I'm glad you mentioned something about that. It's time. It's time. I mean, that's awesome because you, you know, there's a I forget there's some principle where it's like the you know the best engineer gets promoted to being the engineering manager. You know, the best whatever gets the best you know programmer gets to be promoted to the programming manager. It's like you're the best of that trade. So they put you in charge of them all, but you don't have that skill set because you're an engineer or you're a coder. And then, and so. Many books talk about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> Those were always the, the very awkward conversations when I'm brought in to help uh, do some coaching or some training of a, you know, somebody who's maybe been promoted from a super into a PM. And I sit there with them and I'm talking with them. They're like, I don't, I don't even want to be in here doing this. Like it just, <laughs> they kind of just bubbled me up into this position here. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That, well, we got to work on that first, right? <laughs> you know, but that was a lot of it uh, was just sort of, uh, you know, next one up and next one up. And again, that was, it was the mode that kind of had to take place because things were moving so fast and the, the, just the way it was going. But, you know, when we look at it now, um, yeah, we got we got we got to do better. Talk about people getting promoted, like, Superintendent's getting promoted as PM. So, like, you know, in the book Good to Great, you know, we talk about getting the right people in the right seats on the bus. And I guess kind of maybe a tip for the next generation, those guys coming up with, like, if you're if you're sitting in a seat that's not the right seat, I think you should speak up. You know, don't be miserable because, you know, you think you're heading on some path. Like, if you want to be a superintendent in the field and they're trying to get you into the office and you're miserable in the office, say something, speak up. Like, you're only going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt the company in the long run. Because they're putting you in a position to fail, and then when you fail, they're going to just be like, what happened, man? You used to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, worst thing you can do is stay quiet and not ask questions and not seek out the help. I mean, that's the worst thing somebody can do because it, it's going to drag them down and drag the company down. And then, like you're saying, Matt, the performance goes down. And before you know it, now you're you're burnt out. <laughs> right? You are. <laughs> and then you're really stuck. Because now, now you can't perform at your other job level either. Right. So those four, I forget what you call them, four pillars? Well, yeah, they're just sort of four energy kind of capacities. So uh, you want to touch ahead. on those real quick? Oh, you just want to touch on those kind yeah. of, the, I mean, high level, the executive yeah, we'll go, summary? We'll, we'll go executive <laughs> summary on it. Yeah, we'll go high level. But um, what's interesting about these four levels, um, and I know the, the, the sort of the intention behind our talk today is to, you know, let's let's keep it on the localized level of the individual and their performance. But what I would also stress to anybody listening to this, culturally speaking, your organization is made up of a bunch of individual sort of subcultures and then individuals. And so a lot of the theories and concepts we talk about with performance and, and, and the kind of culture we want to drive, well, it starts with individuals and then a group of individuals and a department of individuals and then a sort of a layer of individuals. And so that's how we can build up a lot of these qualities. But you can look at your company in the same sort of way through these capacities. You know, what's the physical um, aspect of our company looking like, the emotional side, the mental side, those sorts of side, our values, our core values. So you can expand it any way you want, but the individual is what we're here to talk about. So, um, And a lot of the four areas is just that we've been kind of living neck up for about the last 10, 15 years. Nothing wrong with that. It's just we've been, uh, you know, the, the sort of uh, sports psychology psychology in general, behavioral analysis, a lot of the stuff is very heavy and heady kind of stuff. And it's now time to engage the sort of the rest of our faculties and bodies and look at the interconnectedness behind them. Um, if I can really you off a second. Why do you think for the last 10, 15 years we've been neck up? Is it a cultural thing or is it just a kind of training or? Yeah, I, I, I think culturally, I think the technology, um, uh, that that was introduced. Well, 20 years ago, we had the real boom of the internet, um, and that yeah. sort of influx of knowledge, access to knowledge, really 
you know, gave us that dopamine kick, you know, just, just being able to access and understand and recite knowledge that we're doing is a very sort of sticky kind of thing. And so, um, we had a lot of great thought leaders too, and people bringing in new ways of doing things and new theories of doing it. Um, it's just that like all things human, you know, you can take things too far. You take them, take them just a little too far and then we got to realize, balance them out a little bit. And so, um, we're good. We're good on knowledge. We can access a lot of knowledge. We can get a lot of knowledge. Now it's time to engage that knowledge and put it to use. You know, we're, we're asking the sort of, um, you know, the what and why it's, it should be the where and how now it's like, we've got to get the, we got to get the motion. And that's why I say energy management, you know, it's, it's about, you know, creating that individual energy that turns into organizational kinetic energy. You know, these, these things aren't, see, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, saying something that's not there but if we pause and look at it it makes a lot of sense for people we want to create that sort of kinetic energy in our organization um so yeah i just think we had a lot of access to knowledge so why not bulk up on it but it's like anything you're like sitting there with like a big old cheeseburger belly now it's like oh what do i do with all this knowledge it's like all right now let's let's go let's get up and walk around a little bit maybe digest some of it you know so (laughs) Uh, so that that brings us to our energy sort of uh, dimensions. Um, that uh, that that you know, it's I, I really am all of you know awareness. I talk a lot about awareness, and you can't regulate what you're not aware of. So most mm-hmm. people are do a good job of getting in their own way, and if we can simply just bubble up some awareness, uh, you know. They're going to see some things, you know, they're going to see the reality of it. That's why people actually end up, you know, we talk about change. Well, a lot of change doesn't happen because there's not awareness of either what needs to change, what are the impacts, the consequences, if I don't change, those sorts of things. So once you bubble those up, the, 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 the change happens rather quickly. So um, it, it's with these four areas, I really wanted to help, uh, you know, business professionals that, um you know, use a lot of the same principles of dedication and things like athletes, uh, and they can take stock of where their energy level is at any one time. You know, you go through and you say, how, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, okay, where am I? Which ones are low? Um, and then what are the sort of uh, routines I can, I can do right in that moment that can ignite that energy and I can just have energy on demand. And so again, your off-field performance is not depleting you don't get off work and you're just drained and you can barely get out of bed the next morning to it you go right into these uh what we call routines of oscillation these routines that allow you to stress and recover without burnout um and so as we kind of talk through some of these i'll share with you a little bit about you know those sorts of routines that that anybody can put into practice you know it's just you know your willingness to do so so um you were talking about we getting guess, energy on demand, and it made yeah. me think back. When I had to look it up here. I wrote a note. You were talking about Kobe Bryant last time we talked about how he had a different music playlist for every opponent he had or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. That's so – in our emotional energy, um, you know, this is where mistakes happen a lot. So if somebody's making a lot of recurring mistakes, you want to check in with their sort of emotional energy um, and look at their – you know, it's – it's amazing when we do eat, you know, whether it's emotional intelligence or we're just sort of looking at things like emotional patience, you know, being able to resist and hold back um, these these automatic responses and get to understand them better. Basically, take more control over your emotional operating system. We, we, 
we tend to let that monkey mind go a little bit. But the music thing was cool because, um, uh, yeah, he would, he, and, and I've always had this too. One of the other things Kobe Bryant and I share is that we both uh, took tap dancing when we were uh, training to become athletes. And, you know, it was about foot speed, right? So in soccer, you want the foot speed and basketball, very similar movements. Um, but again, you got to have a little bit of rhythm to do that as well. And we were always taught, I was even taught at a young age, you know, and even now, you know, life is just a rhythm. It's just, you're trying to get into that tempo, that frequency. So, you know, that's what we're doing with these energy managements is let's get into a tempo that just you're, 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 you're good. And so we can adjust that tempo, you know, externally and find ways to trigger these sort of emotional cues and these neurological sort of connections. Um, and so we were always taught to, to find a song that is your tempo for playing, you know, and I would even give that to the youngest players I would train too. Um, you know, when I was coaching semi-pro and even younger, I'd have them come back to me with a song that's about them and their game. So, you know, you could ask yourself as a young professional, what's my tempo? What do I jam to? What, 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 when I'm feeling my best, what's that? But, but Kobe would, he would have different playlists. He is, he, he realized that, um, sometimes, the game called for a different player and required. So think about that when you step on a job site, it's like, well, today we've got such and such that's coming on a site visit and we're going to have to go through this punch list and we're going to have to, you know, do it within this tight schedule before we're, you know, taking a, a drop shipment that's coming off here. It's like, what kind of player needs to show up today? So he would have a playlist that would bring into that, um, you know, and it would, you could just, you could change it. So, um, that's, you know, what do you jam on the way to work? You know, what are you, what are you playing, um, when you get off of work? Um, it's, yeah, if I'm listening, if I'm not listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something like that, it's definitely, I have a different, uh, when I'm drinking coffee in the morning headed to work, it's always something upbeat. I feel like it's something to wake me yeah. up and pick me up and get me going, get me psyched up for the day, I guess. And then when you're going home, like you don't want to be rocking out on your way home. <laughs> Usually something mellow and chill. And <laughs> here's a nice, uh, nice little, you know, case study you can do. If anybody goes to a gym and you just want to ask people, you know, Hey, what are you listening to? And there's such a wide range of what people work out to like, um, just everything. <laughs> so I, wonder they got their I wonder if it's a different, I wonder if you actually did a case study and actually looked at like if you're doing cardio, if it's more of a certain genre, and if you're doing like you know heavy weights, it was more of a certain genre. Oh yeah, I think there would be. I think there'd be some some little bit higher beat tempo on that running. <laughs> be some metal or some some serious um, <laughs> percussion going on. Some uh, some weights. Um, but yeah, the, the he would do it, and um, you know on that emotional side too. It's it's you know it, you know relationships are hugely important. You know if. If you're ever feeling like just, you know, taking stock of your internal just sort of emotions and just, you know, building on and saying, oh, today's just feeling kind of iffy or this or that, or I'm feeling a little deep there. Another big secret to do is to just go find those closest to you. Go spend time with people that are close to you. Go find, go, you know, uh, go, go talk to a colleague that you enjoy being around and just kind of get your head out of it. Um you know, on that emotional side, who we allow to come in and kind of be in our energy sort of areas has a huge impact on that. You know, speaking of songs, I think of uh, that Chris Stapleton song, you know, uh, what are you listening to? You know, where it talks about the importance, of, you know, and, and, you know, what you surround yourself with, you know, what kind of stuff is coming in here will have 
an impact on your emotions one way or the other, positive or negative. So um, that's a good message for young guys coming up is, you know, being able to discern who the guys are to stay away from. I mean, this is just like in a sport as well. You know, you get on yeah. a team and you start hanging around with the dudes who are like talking when the coach is talking or they're showing up late or they're doing that. And don't be shocked when you're viewed that same way. You know, you just you're you're surrounding yourself with those. You know, you want to be at leading in this company. You want to you know, make it up to you know past your journey, man. Just keep keep climbing. You know, um, you know, go go find those people. Go sit around them at lunch. You know, go 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 talk to them. So sadly, it's true. It kind of touches on what Kyle was talking about earlier with like you know if you're struggling with your onboarding paperwork and all that sort of stuff. It's like you know perception is reality. You know, if you're hanging around with the, the, the troublemakers, right, you're, you're going to be classified as it. And then, you know, whenever there's a, you know, unfortunately, if there's a big layoff and they're looking for people to go, you're right at the top of that list, too. So it's an awful place to be. Matt, you're nailing it. I mean, if, if there was if there was two words that stick, well, three words, I guess, that stick out to me in construction and just in life in general, respect, expectations, perception. Those three things, those three just every time, every project I work on, it's, it's a theme that occurs no matter what. There's always always things that come up. From those four areas, I mean, I'm sure the, the right answers, they're all equal, right? But if you had to, like, what's the most important one, do you think? If, if somebody were to, I mean, yeah. you probably need to really concentrate um, on them all, and it so may be different ones like at different that. times. No, they, they actually work all together. That's the great thing about them is that they you, you really don't have to um, – I, I will give you a two prong. There is a, uh, a sort of a cadence to it. So where you would start if you had to start from scratch, but I'll also mm-hmm. give you what I think is the most important. So I'll give you that one first. The most important is that spiritual energy without a doubt. And this because it's the most difficult. That's just the way it mm-hmm. goes. It's one that requires time. It requires being honest. You know, it requires deep um, understanding, you know, journaling and looking back at your business experiences or your interactions, uh, you know, it's it's a tough one to deal with because sometimes you don't have the answers and it's not a short game. It's not like you just come up with the answers, you know, sitting there for a minute or two. I mean, these are, but this is what got shooken up during a lot of the pandemic and everything is, you know, it's when everything gets shaken up, you sometimes lose where you're at, your navigating system. So, you know, that one's the most important. However, it's very hard to get to that place where you can think and you can uh, engage that kind of conversation internally with yourself where you can ask those questions honestly. So that's where we would go back. And I would say you start with the physical. The physical is the foundational. Um, so I'll give you an example. You know, I, I you know, my morning routines, I hit all of these uh, energy zones. So, like, I wake up, first thing I do is, you know, some of that cold therapy. I'll, I'll get out of bed, no blue light. Don't, you know, if, if it ain't to shut off the alarm, there's not looking at the phone. You go splash cold water right on your face, wake up those neurons right in that brain stem. Just get it, you know, I'm not, I used to do ice baths as a player. I'm not doing them now as an adult. Like, I'm scarred for life from that. So, I'll just do the, the cold water in the face. Uh, that wake me up. Then I put cold water right in my, my uh, right in my belly. I go ahead and drink a glass of cold water and get that going right through the system on that. Then I start oiling up my joints. I move around. I move my shoulders. I move my knees. I move my back. And I go ahead and I just physically get things going a little bit. Then I go and I take time to center myself on the emotional side. I might go meditate. I might go 
uh, write some affirmations. I might go uh, journal a little bit. I definitely read some more. Um, all this stuff, and then I, I go do a workout. I mean, all this stuff is like just engaging you, ready to show up. You know, full of energy for when that day hits. You know, you feel. But as you work out, if you've ever gone to work out and you had a good workout, you come out of that gym or wherever you're at feeling really good about yourself in a sort of way. You know, I feel ready. I feel good. I got a good pump on good. Now I feel somehow more locked in and able to receive new knowledge or be able to tackle tasks as they come at and things like that. And when I'm doing that and I'm handling my business and getting everything good, it's like, oh, I feel good about myself. I feel good about you know my, my direction and my purpose. So they play off of each other. But the physical, um, the physical is foundational. I meet with a lot of companies and people who say, you know, Alex, come in and we want to work on time management. We want to work on focus and we want to work on this. And I'm like, tell, tell me, tell, tell me about your rest. Tell me about your nutrition. Tell me about, um, you know, your brain optimization. Tell me about, you know, do you get enough water in the day? <laughs> you know, they look at me like you're asking me these simple questions and I'm just saying to myself, I mean, if you can't do some of the fundamentals, it's going to be very hard for us to get to the areas we need to get to. So that's what I call that first one, that physical area. That's just mastering the fundamentals. And in the construction industry, well, you wouldn't be shocked. Things like rest are just overlooked. And guys are traveling all the time, going to this uh -huh. site, to this project. And we just give no thought to what actually happens when we allow our bodies to rest. How can we set up ourselves for our body, like to do its natural detoxing, to make the right connections that are going to allow us to optimize in the morning, to get rid of wasted and junk and thoughts in this way and that way. So, I mean, neuroscience has helped us see a lot of that where we're at today, but I'll pause there. That physical side of it is really where we got to start. And, uh, I mean, man, we even talk about posture. Like, I'll even work with guys and I watch them come out of a meeting or come out of a, like, safety break or something, and just the posture is down. It's just like... you. I'll correct people on their posture. They have no idea like what that, like the messages you send with body language and like what that energy you can simply do by just pulling your shoulder. Like, I don't even care if you don't like the information you were just given. It's about <laughs> like the energy you're putting off here. It's like you can disagree with somebody and still put off an energy of teamwork, collaboration, yeah. positivity, like energy going. You know? So we get down to it. I found myself too. I mean, the days whenever I, you know, have a, an office day, right? And I'm just basically, literally, just like hunched over my desk on the computer all day long, and like I just feel like crap that day. Oh, yeah. You need every 90 to 120 minute, minutes is the standard for where you got to get up and move your body around. If you don't do it at about 90 to 120 minutes, you're missing a clarity break, a physical kind of break that is just essential for you. Again, we talk about energy on demand. These are small things that if you can just consciously mm -hmm. remind yourself to implement at the right times. Like, you're just cruising past people, man. Well, and, you know, in agreement with what Alex is saying about, um, you know, focusing on the physical part of things, if I find myself getting stressed out, I, I have to get up and i got to go move around a little bit. I need to go for a walk. I need to go clear my head. Just just getting up and moving for, for a period of time just helps me refocus, realign my energy with where it needs to be so I can actually keep making progress because, there's times when I just, something happens and I'm flustered and I, I can't even focus on anything. I just say, all right, it's time. Time for me to stand up for a little bit. I've been staring at this computer screen for too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And that's what I love about our industry, too, is, you know, I mean, a lot of times you're on the job site, too, so whenever you need to get up, there's always something you can go walk out there and go look at. <laughs> and so something cool to go see or something fresh. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's some guys on the site, it's hard. You know, it's when we look at the physical thing, you know, side of it, too, you know, it's good to see the hydration, you know, especially in Texas where I'm at, it can get very hot, you know, in those times. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is when I when I talk about it being a safety issue, I really mean it. And it, it's, you know, it is, you know, we're looking after the well-being of our people. And, you know, I can't tell you how many studies are done that poor choices, poor decision making happens at these times in the day. And it happens for these reasons. Like we know this stuff um, and it's it's. You know, the physical side of it, just bare, nutrition, guys are on the road all the time, getting a healthy meal, like what we put in, um, you know, what we now know uh, from from neuroscience about our gut being like a second brain. And it's not just some sort of like we, we input, uh, you know, the, the right type of fuel and the body does something with it. It actually has a neural uh, connection directly to your brain. So they're talking. Your gut is talking to your brain instantly about these things. So, like, uh, now I get it. Like us not having all the evidence and not having the full picture and that being the reason why we don't want to invest in these kind of things. What's the excuse now? Like it's like like if you're making another excuse now, like oh now I can see the evidence. I still don't want to do it. It's like then you never want to do it. You know, it's like then. Don't sign up for this thing called leadership. Don't sign up for this thing, you know, yeah. called you know, a business athlete. You're, it's not for you. Have you, have you read that book, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules? I think it's 12 Rules of Life. I think I got it here somewhere. Yeah. But he talks okay. about, one of the chapters, he talks about, uh, you know, basically be somebody. If you were to look after somebody, be the somebody you would look after. And essentially the punchline, punchline of it is, for whatever reason, people don't want to take care of themselves. They'll go out of their way to make sure their dog gets their pill every day, but they won't take their own pill every day. It's just it's silly. And, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. I know, but I had Whataburger for lunch today. I mean, I was busy, and it's just it was easy. And <laughs> Oh, man, so good good caveat on, on the uh, sort of, you know, when I work with professionals, uh, it's – you know, I understand a little apprehension and anxiety, you know, when anybody says go do some training or here's some leadership development or, hey, this is where we're going to look at developing and improving ourselves. But I've never asked anybody to make all these changes in one day, and I never asked them to make them all at the same time. You know, it's it's about being lifelong learners and, and having that sort of long-term vision but short-term execution. Like, you know, we're going to get we're going to get to each energy level. We're going to. And everybody comes into the stream at different places. So there's not just one way of hitting these four areas. And it's this, you know, you're going to start to develop and be a craftsman of your own life. You know, just like you, you develop those technical skills for being the best, you know, engineer, the best electrician, the best, you know, HVAC, whatever it is. Like you can apply those same technical aspects to your own life and become that sort of craftsman. And so that's, it's, you know, we shouldn't look at this thing as a, a, a zero-sum thing. You're either going to be, you know, some, you know, high-end. Pro- I wasn't even one of, you know, when I, I'm a professional athlete because I was paid to play professionally, right? But there was a whole number of guys above me that were fine. They didn't have to go have second and third jobs and have to get pot sold and traded around this sort of stuff. So, 
you know, even in, in, you know, there were guys that were doing it way above my level, um, you know, and I just aspire to do that. But there's a, a confidence with saying, you know, just just keep moving forward with where you are at. Focus on you. Just what we were talking about. Right. Like, you know, it's like sea biscuit, you know, that's why horses wear the blinders on the side is so that they can focus on themselves. There's a, there's, mm-hmm. there you go. There's another sports reference. Horse racing. <laughs> All, All day. All day. We're closing on an hour here. So we'll, we'll kind of wrap up a second, but if there's somebody listening to this right now who is burned out, tired of what they're doing and they say, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't even know where to start. Where, where do they, what's step one? Does it get your physical stuff right? Yeah, I mean, it's step step one would be just to. Um, I mean, to be honest, you if if you're saying that, then you're at step one, right? The acknowledgement that yeah. something's off. You're so good. Hey, awesome, right? <laughs> um, then I would go and I I I would. I would, if you're really at that and you really have no gauge of which one of these, it's just, man, something is really off here. I would go, I would go get the guidance of somebody that you can either entrust or somebody you do, a family member to kind of talk it through. Start there first, right? Maybe somebody will give you that, that, that quick one right there. I mean, they're probably telling you it already, but you know, again, you haven't <laughs> said it to yourself, so you're not hearing it the same way. So now that you've said it and acknowledged it, it's like now I can hear people what they're saying and, and pick it up. Um, but the physical is where I would start, you know, just start there and go out. For... <sighs> How many times have people said their best ideas come from when they're not doing the work that's right in front of them? You know, we, we stir things up, we get in our own way, we make we make it a lot more. And when people are in this mode, they just sort of kick. It's like walking through a river. You're kicking up all the soot. So, of course, you can't see clearly. you got to find a way to just be still for a moment and let that soot subside. So you can now navigate and look. And most of the times that's just sort of get up out of your desk, go, go, go for a walk. I have people clean up their workspace. Like you'd be surprised how many times, like that is the most effective coaching session I've ever had. It's just telling somebody and like having them show me, like clean up your workspace. Like that's it, right? Like that's, so some of the very simple things, but it's hard to do if you're really just kicking stuff up. So I would say just, just, Give yourself a break. Take a deep breath. Patience, one thing at a time. You know, go go find a way to get moving and quiet things down so you can take stock of some of these things. And then, you know, just get with somebody. There's a lot of good ways to do this. But if you don't, we talked about being uncomfortable earlier. If you don't take a step, then don't be upset, you know, when you haven't moved, you know. That's a good ending right there. Alex, if people want to get in touch with you or work with you, how can they find you? Get in touch and work with me. Why would they want to after hearing all the stuff I just talked about, right? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm not ready. Uh, I've got – I'm going to have to go back and listen to this thing myself because uh, i got to clean up my workspace. I've got to start working out in the morning again. I've got to hit the no phone in the morning. Like Everything you said, I'm failing. (laughs) took me a long time you know i still i still try to do it. it took me a long time to get to the routines i have now and those are those are there but i can now come back and share those with everybody so try them on and you do that so you'll get it you'll get it i'm, I'm next time you and i check in i'm going to ask you about those because you put yourself out there now so um, <laughs> damn it but uh yeah, yeah um people can connect with me on linkedin i'm on there um 
you know, Instagram, my name, biz athlete on TikTok. I like doing those videos now. You know, it's a, it's a cool medium to get some stuff. You guys got really good content too. So following you guys, um, intuitogroup.com is, is our website and, uh, they can always, you know, just reach out to me at alex at intuitogroup.com. I'm always down for a conversation to listen, to hear what's going on. And if there's any way, um, that's what I did on the uh, soccer field. I was the guy in the middle. I was I took great pride in assisting people make their goals. So that's how it translates into coaching now. I get my kicks out of seeing other people score goals. So just uh, so cool. reach out. Appreciate it, Alex. We'll have to do this again, man. We'll have to. You got you're so well rounded. We every time I've talked to you, we've had a completely different conversation about a completely different topic. So we'll have to talk about the pendulum next time. <laughs> yeah, you guys are awesome. Appreciate it and. and Man, I just like what you guys are doing and who you're helping, and, and, and you're just honest and real about it. So you just keep it going at any time, man. I'll, I'll come talk with you guys anytime. Thanks a lot, Alex. Well, I found that you know us being real about it's giving other people permission to be real about it, too. I was chatting with somebody earlier today, actually, you know, texting back and forth, and I think just myself, putting myself out there, me saying, hey, i got to clean up my desk. You know, just that I'm not perfect. Like, I, everyone wants to go on social media and look like they're perfect, but we're all sucking at something we're all struggling and so whenever you when you can put yourself out there it gives them the permission to do the same so anyway we'll talk later thanks man all right thanks guys <laughs>